Hello, friends and patriots. Welcome to uh, the Intel Shed. This is where Wiggins and I, uh, both former Green Berets, are going to go through and dissect and talk about Q and, Q and the anons and all the, the uh, intel dumps kind of through our lens, through the intelligence, through uh, former military, and uh, being former Green Berets, we probably pay more attention to the news than anybody ever should. Uh, just trying to make sure we're staying up on everything and understand our situational awareness. Um, I've got, I'm going by my face and my full name because uh, I'm an author. I uh, had a book published in 2012 that uh, was basically a, based on the agreement that my old ODA and I had uh, on what we would do if the U.S. were ever invaded. But writing it out, I actually wrote the whole plot was that uh, corrupt politicians sold out our country to our enemies, Russia, China, Hezbollah. And uh, so if there's already, you know, there already is a list out there. Uh, of people that the government really doesn't like. I'm already on that list. So I'm not worried about uh, my face and name, but Wiggins, is, uh, he's still behind the veil. <laughs> so uh, that's good. Good for him. But me, I'm already done. Um, why am I so interested in Q? I, I got four kids. Uh, I, my kids are, are my life. I love them to death. Uh, and if any of this stuff is true, even one bit of it is true, uh, I think we need to do something about it for when my kids get older. Uh, I don't want them to inherit a world that's as dark and depraved and disgusting as uh, as some of the things that I think many of us have thought. But now Q is giving us some some notice that it's more than just a paranoid 3 a.m. Uh, thought and that it may actually be a reality. These things we've been so scared of. Um, also, I lost over a dozen buddies uh, fighting for this nation. And so I think it's something that we owe it to them and uh, everybody else that's ever fought for this nation since it became a nation uh, to do whatever we can to uh, maintain its sanctity and honor. Uh, and we owe it, we owe it to them. Uh, so now that's to my uh, <laughs> soapbox, sorry. Wiggins, can you please introduce yourself? Yeah, so uh, I'm going by a pseudonym. Robert can vouch for my my background. He's he's looked at it and you know he knows I'm legit. Um, so, the uh, uh, reputation destruction is a real thing. I mean, you don't have to look at a whole lot of different different uh, characters in the public sphere to know that if you get end up on the wrong side of social media or uh, saying the wrong things, they can come after you, uh, social media specifically, and essentially deperson you, unplatform you, and you lose your ability to not only defend yourself but to make a living because your name becomes persona non grata and any quote unquote, respectable circles. And, um, you know, this, this topic right here is one of those topics that, you know, burns you, it'll burn you if you, uh, come out too, too loud and too clearly. Um, so the, my baseline, it's, a uh, an ideological baseline is the constitution and the Republic. So using those as a, a common set of beliefs that I can communicate with different people, I can come to an understanding of we're, we're on the same page, at least with this. So wherever we go from there is, you know, that's up for debate. It's up for discussion. But I know for a fact that, you know, looking at Rob right now, we, we understand what the Constitution is, what it means, what the Republic is. Um, and that will, you know, fight to defend it because it's, as, as he mentioned, you know, losing a dozen buddies. <clears throat> I didn't lose as many, but, you know, I can count them five, six that I know personally that I've lost. Uh, so 
you know, seeing, seeing the, the trajectory of the country over the past, what are we at? 19 years now since, uh, 2001, that was when I first started paying attention. You know, that's not, I guess in 19, I don't know, 18, 17, I can't do math, but anyway, yeah, en- enough years to where you can look at the trajectory and say, what the fuck has been going on? And you know, why, why did my buddies get killed over in Afghanistan, Iraq? What, what was it all for? And, uh, you know, looking at some of the intel that's come out in, <clears throat> in recent years, you can start to think to yourself, like, right, well, there's there's a possible light at the end of this tunnel, and there there might be a reason for it all. And if there's a reason for that, then, you know, I want to pursue it. Yeah, and that's, I mean, the noble cause, right? Where we go one, we go all. Yeah. Uh, so since this is the first show, I kind of want to break down the format a little bit for you guys because we want to be able to cover uh, a lot of different things and we don't want to waste anybody's time. So we're not going to try to make this uh, more drawn out than it needs to be. Um, so for our format, now that you know who we are and you don't need that again, we're not going to waste your time with that. Um, but we'd like to go over both current events and past Q drops, right? So drops that Q is making now, uh, how that's showing up in the world and how we see these things lining up, uh, but also some of the older drops. Uh, Future proofs past, right? It's very important. And we're seeing a lot of shills online right now. The big thing, oh, there's no arrests. No arrests happened. Uh, what happened on, uh, on D5? And there's a couple of things that I think going back and actually looking at the past drops, number one, people that do that are realizing there actually is a lot that's going on. They, okay, Hillary Clinton is not in jail yet, but this last week was a doozy, man. Uh, there's a lot that actually is going on. If you're paying attention and you understand, we're not on Q's timeline, right? He's on his time. We're, we're, we're just along for the ride. Um, and a lot of these things that were mentioned a long time ago uh, have come true. And the Q clocks, it's a tough thing to understand. I'm writing about it in my next article. Um, but it really is, there's a lot more than I think most people understand. So we're going to go through some of the past drops as well and then talk about, you know, Q proofs that we've seen along the way that maybe people aren't really noticing. Um, and of course, you're going to give you our two cents on, uh, on, on what we think about everything and, and kind of how we see it given our background, our experience, and, uh, and our buddies that might still be doing stuff like that. Um, it's a big kind of naughty word to talk about Q and say conspiracy or conspiracy theory. Actually, it's a, I guess it's a favorite word from, um, from a lot of the shills where people who want to do everything they can to, to draw down the movement or call it a LARP. Um, but I wanted to go through a couple of things. Number one, uh, there are a lot of people, 9-11 is a big one. There are a lot of people that say, you know, the government could never pull something like that off. The government is too big and slow and bulky and stupid to ever pull that something like that off or to have somebody not talk about it yet, right? Um, that's not quite true. Anybody who says that doesn't really know how the government and compartmentalization works. Uh, it's a very important part of this. Now, I'm not saying 9-11 was or was not a hoax or a conspiracy. Uh, I'm an extremely cynical person. Uh, so I, I need to see a lot of evidence for anything. And uh, that's one of the reasons I like Q so much is he's not just giving us a narrative and telling us, believe it, believe it. He's actually showing us and he's allowing those of us that love the research to go through and do this. But back to the government, compartmentalization. 
right, is need to know basis. When I got my TSSCI clearance, that was top secret, secret compartmentalized information. That's the highest you can get, at least in the army and for what we were doing without being read on other projects. I thought I was gonna, I thought I would be able to access who killed JFK, where the aliens were. I kid you not, man. I really, I was so excited because it's a big deal to go through and get all the uh, all the clearance ratings and go through the interviews and all that. It takes a long time. We finally got approval right before we deployed. I mean, like days before we deployed. And I really thought, I thought there'd be some computer somewhere I could go lock on and, and <laughs> look up the Area 51 diagrams and all that stuff. Not at all. Not at all, right? So that's the SCI part. If you hear SAP, Special Access Program. The government, the DMV is a big, dumb animal, right? Congress is full of big, dumb animals. But SCI, compartmentalized information, that's when you start getting into special operations, you start getting the uh, intelligence agencies, things like that. They do compartmentalization which means there can be a thousand things going on at the CIA and most people there have no idea about it because they're not read onto that specific project. They don't know about it because they don't need to know about it. Loose lips sink ships, right? So it's a way for them to keep, um, well, exactly what a lot of shills say is that it's a way for them to keep information from, from seeping out where it's supposed to. So, I have a list of conspiracy conspiracy theories. Real, real quick, I want to I want to chime in. I, I just thought of something I never even considered before. Uh, security clearances work. It's a two way street. The moment you become cleared for certain levels of knowledge, you raise yourself on the radar. So you you become you become easier to know. All right, where's this leak coming from? Well we can eliminate this entire group of people and it's a, uh, the, the, the two way street concept. I never looked at it that way, but that's part of the compartmentalization. You can control people easier by eliminating potential inputs and outputs. Yeah. And that's, you know, one of the oldest counterintelligence tricks in the book. And I swear I I've seen Q and, and POTUS doing this before, but you know, leaks, you want to plug a leak, you want to find a leak. We used to do this with, uh, with, or to anybody that we couldn't trust. You get a set of information and you know an outcome. So we're gonna do this, and if we do this, this will happen. Or if we do this, this will happen, you do this, this will happen. So you get whoever it is that you have questions about, anybody that's questionable, and you change the information just slightly. So each of these groups of people get a slightly different piece of information or a slightly different version of the information that each has its own desired outcome. And that can be just leaking. It can be, you know, is this going to come out in the news? And you give each of them different information. So you see either what desired outcome happens or which piece of information, when you're talking about leakers and intelligence agencies, which piece of information is going to come. I thought, I really thought the one that um, the new AG being announced last week, I really, because it came out so quickly and Q mentioned it, uh, I really thought, to, thought that's what that was. It was going to be an information to see um, who was leaking. But yeah, it, you're right. It does work both ways. And, you know, funny enough, there are military members in jail right now for doing less than Hillary Clinton did, right, in terms of leaking. There's a guy that took a selfie on a sub, and uh, he's in jail. I think he's in Leavenworth, right? And he actually was able to um, 
protest his sentence because his lawyer just said, hey, Hillary Clinton did this and this and this and this and this. Hey, that's you're setting a precedent. If she's not if she's not in jail, then why is this guy in jail? Um, well, that's you know because he was a lowly uh, seaman, private, and um, she is the evil witch, the wicked witch of the West, right? <laughs> yeah. But I, I wanted to go through some. So I'm I'm a very cynical person, but I've always enjoyed conspiracy theories throughout my life. I think they're fun because. Even if it's not true, it helps you see the world through uh, different people's eyes, right? And that's one thing that Wiggins and I were talking about last week is, uh, you know, to be a Green Beret, you learn to see the world through really bad people's eyes. And that's, it can stick with you sometime. Um, but it's, it's a really good, under, number one, for empathy. You know, you really want to learn to get along with people well, to empathize with people. You have to learn how to walk in their shoes or see the world through their eyes. So... Conspiracy theories kind of allow you to see these different ways that people view things. And I just wanted to go through a couple of different quick conspiracy theories that have been proven absolutely true. There's, I mean, people still call them conspiracy theories, but they are proven, right? It's no longer a hypothesis. It is a fact. Uh, Gulf of Tonkin, right? The, uh, the attack against the U.S. warship that actually brought us into Vietnam, total false flag. They, and that's been admitted, yet... It was considered a conspiracy theory, but it came out as absolute truth. The United States of America attacked and killed our own soldiers. Uh, sorry, no, it, it's completely staged that attack to bring us into the war. That was what got us into the Vietnam War. Um, this is a really interesting one. And of course, it goes down to Hillary Clinton, who was my favorite person <laughs> in the world. Um, a lot of people don't know Bill Clinton had been lying. Uh, they had him. They had been watching him for a little while. He, they had been able to tap into his cell phones, but they had him. There was a mission where there was a special operations team at his house ready to go get him. And Bill Clinton would not make a decision. And so they lost their window. He sat there and it was quite a while that he sat there. Well, not only do a lot of people not know that, a big reason they don't know that is because when Hillary Clinton started running for Senate, uh, and I believe this is in the Breitbart, the movie Clinton Cash, but not the book. Uh, when she was running for Secretary of State, uh, Clinton's former, um, no, when she was running for Senate, Clinton's former Secretary of State, I believe, went to the CIA, took all the documents uh, regarding that mission and destroyed them. He took them away, destroyed them, totally illegal, but he's not in jail either, which is just a little ridiculous. And they just did that so it wouldn't come up and let us see what a weasel he was and how bad he really was for the military. Um, another big one that, again, it's a conspiracy theory, but we've seen our government do very bad things. Uh, if you remember, there was a nurse leading up to the Iraq war. There was a nurse that went in front of Congress. She was a, uh, a Middle Eastern nurse. And she told Congress uh, the stories about Iraqi soldiers going into hospitals and murdering babies. And it was one of these things to get them to the point where, you know, they were going to be more gung-ho and, and ready to go kind of do the world of, uh, and get rid of this injustice in the world. It turned out not only was she just not lying, her dad was a politician. Her dad was a politician that would have been, hell, I think he was an Iraqi politician that would have been uh, ambassador to Iraq, I think. And, um, or Iraqi ambassador to the U.S., U.S. ambassador to Iraq. It was his daughter. They got his daughter to go and lie in front of Congress. So this idea that James Comey or Peter Strzok won't lie in front of Congress, that, hey, they've already shown us. MKUltra. This is a big one, and I know it's it's nuts, but um, 
I bring this one up because there's a website called the Black Vault. And I saw an article this week. The guy that owns the Black Vault has been submitting FOIA requests to the CIA for a very long time. And last week, he got a new trove of documents from MKUltra. And it turns out they did a lot worse stuff than they've ever admitted. That he doesn't have anything showing that it went to the extremes that a lot of people think, but it's, you know, they know LSD, electroshock therapy, hypnosis, all kinds of crazy stuff. So look it up. Deer school. Deer school, yeah. If only they had given us LSD. And- <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> have you ever seen the movie Jacob's Ladder? Uh, I made the mistake of watching that recently, and um, I, I that was the second time I watched it. Yeah, uh, yeah that's uh, that's a that's a bad one, man. That's that opens up a lot of wounds. Yeah, well, you know, we know they did some mess, but there's still a lot of stuff in the documents that they are holding back that they still haven't submitted. But it's already much worse than they ever admitted previously. Uh, and if there's stuff they're holding back just from going over what they released, uh, I nothing I hear would be too far out then. Uh, like the stuff that we've heard about, you know, using LSD to try and get people to be silent assassins. It, they were doing that kind of stuff. That's, yeah. that's crazy. And of course, the final uh, conspiracy theory I want to just bring everybody, bring up to everybody, just so you realize that like there have been a lot of crazy things in this world. Um, Operation Mockingbird. Uh, and I recently wrote an article of QAnon and Great Awakening are real. And we got a video here on uh, the HMG YouTube channel about it. I referenced Operation Mockingbird and have a clip in the article that has the director of the CIA going in front of Senator Congress and admitting that they had agents submitting to uh, different news outlets on on uh, in an open setting. He would not admit to having management in those operations, but that was several decades ago. And the same clip, the, I think the head of CBS openly admitted, yeah, management, they, they were pretty much overseeing, they were running the show on a lot of stuff. So... Operation Mockingbird, and we'll talk about how Q calls the Mockingbird medium. It's from Operation Mockingbird, so you've never heard of that. Look that look and I'll throw this in there, too, about Mockingbird. Um, going back to what you said earlier about changing the way we think and thinking thinking more like a criminal once you go through the Q course. or have, That's exactly the sort of thing that I would do if I was wanting to degrade and destroy a country. You know, Go in there, gain control of trusted media outlets or install your own quote unquote trusted media personalities and use them as assets. Even if they don't even know what they're doing, that goes back to compartmentalization. You can, you can affect a lot of different situations. If you have the right people in the right places uh, underneath the right circumstances. Yeah. It's behavioral economics. So one of the things I I really laid out in the article was uh, Prince Ali Bentalal. Right. So he has majority ownership in a lot of all of our major social media. George Soros used to have uh, ownership in all the social media, but he sold most of it after uh, the, the after President Trump got elected. But Ben Talal also owns News Corp, uh, satellite TV, TV networks. This one guy that Q talks about a lot owns the majority of the messaging that we get from all these different places, social media, news everywhere, newspapers. And uh, that's behavioral economics. There's a thing called the availability complex, which means the more you see something, the more your brain forces you to believe it's true. It must be true. And that's what we're seeing. No matter how, you know, whatever lack of evidence, no matter how outrageous the story is, if we see it in the newspaper or, you know, who reads newspapers anymore? If you see it on your iPad in the morning, 
uh, or an order phone. And then you hear the same thing, you know, overheard on CNN as you walk past and then somebody shares that same article about the same thing on CNN or Fox or MSNBC, your brain art goes, okay, I'm seeing this all the time. This must be very valid. There must be something really important about this. And subconsciously, you are automatically already, you're in, you, you, you're believing it. And that's, that's what scared me the most about the MSM. And when I started hearing fake news, I, I got it because seeing how they use those tactics and scare tactics, you know, the color, the colors that they use and the music they use, that's, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to force, they know, well, now thankfully we know because President Trump and, and Q have both been directly saying this is fake news, but man, they, they really try. Just beat us over the head with those, those messages. And um, yeah, it's, it's scary. And I think once you see it, you know, now that, now that I understand that and our eyes are open to that, when I see it, I laugh to myself. You know, I laugh that some people understand or some people fall for it. Um, that's, I try to take in a, a lot of different news sources. Uh, and when you start doing that, you can find, you can find it pretty easily because you'll see three or four different outlets reporting reporting on the same story, but they'll cover it a little bit differently and they all leave out. It's kind of like you can see them attacking it from these different ends, but you can see this big part in the middle they can't get to or they won't get to. And that's how you begin to understand like, okay, they're all talking about this, but they're all staying away from this part. There must be something there, right? That's the, the big part to kind of look at it and understand and, uh, and see it. Uh, so there's one thing you, you wanted to talk about, speaking of, of observing, uh, you want to talk about a specific uh, tool that, that we used to use a lot that, that is highly important in this conversation. So there's a, uh, there's a thing that I learned about a while back called an OODA loop, and it was apparently taught to pilots back in World War II. It's, a, it's an acronym for Observe, Orient, Decide, and Act. And what, it, what it's talking about is during a dogfight, you get two pilots that are working on each other, trying to gain momentum, gain advantage. And you observe what they're doing. You orient yourself to whatever they're going to do or what you think they're going to do. You make a decision and then you act on that decision. And both pilots are doing this continuously, you know, 20 full time. They're looking at each other. They're an organism interacting with each other. And the, the goal is to do something outside of the norm that disrupts the opponent's OODA loop so you can insert your own actions into their OODA loop and change the outcome of the events. And I remember in the, 2000, uh, the 2016 campaign uh, watching, watching Donald Trump I realized uh, he was the only one that in my lifetime that I'd ever seen that was able to uh, gain control of the media narrative and not just, you know, hey, he's got Fox News on his side or what he, he was able to do something and take control of the narrative in a way that no other politician I'd ever seen been able to because, you know, you got the the two the divide and conquer paradigm the shell game of the left versus right d versus r you know that's that's just a game but trump's been the only one that's been able to inject his own willpower into that situation and shape it the way he wanted to 
And when I realized that that's what he was doing and he was capable of that, I thought to myself, shit, this dude could win. Um, and that, that was, you know, probably June of 2016 or so when I, you know, fully jumped on board supporting Trump if for no other reason than to shake things up and, and <laughs> watch the mess come. Um, but I also see that with Q. And so I, I first, I actually was around when the first post came up on 4chan. I don't know what it is about 4chan, but it seems to attract uh, <laughs> a specific type of uh, personality. And I, I just enjoy that place because it's, uh, it reminds me of being in the, being in a team room because you got a bunch of people that just throwing out bullshit and seeing what happens and talking shit to each other. And, uh, it's, it's, it's a good time. And it's one of the only places I laugh really hard on the internet. So that makes me happy. But, uh, with Q, I watched the first post come out and it was, it was a legitimate paradigm shift in the 4chan ecosystem. Um, and, 4chan specifically the politically incorrect channel um and you could watch it play out because you know you'd see posts come out uh, a thread start and you'd have this anonymous individual chime in saying that he's he's got q clearance or i don't even really remember what happened but the things that he was saying resonated so much that he he changed the paradigm of the room and he, and he started to shape the willpower of uh, of the room and you know the the entire channel and you could see see things started to change in relation to what was going on with it and then he started to watch the censorship which was another part of the uda the uda loop so your your enemy is gonna make a reaction based on your behavior and if you can anticipate what that reaction is going to be you can you you start to insert yourself in their uda loop and that was one of the things that I thought about with Q that was more interesting than most because, you know, mo most things that are supposed insiders, they usually, they don't pan out. It, it becomes either uh, a confirmed LARP or like, yeah, that, that, that person just straight up disappeared because they had nothing else interesting to say. Or, um, you know, they, they dumped something really interesting that was legitimate and never showed up again. You know, because they got killed, or or they just disappeared smartly. Um, so one of those two things happened. But with Q, it was different because there was something that was you could look forward to it as being something interesting that would galvanize the uh, the onlookers and say, you know, this is interesting. I want to do my own research on this and start to and start to click. And I don't think I don't think there's ever been another historical example where. Um, some entity has inserted itself into national politics, well, international politics, really, and changed the way that the media behaves overtly or covertly. And I don't think, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, undertones of the media mentioning Q, but it's not overt. It's still it's still like a an underground thing to mention Q. And if if it is mentioned, it's just oh, that's just conspiracy bullshit and. BuzzFeed will talk about it mockingly and, you know, like, all right, whatever. But then you start to you start to see that the behavior of the quote unquote enemy here, the enemy of the people starts to change based on uh, simple interactions with people that are, are looking to it as something legitimate. And um, it's it's been something that it's part it's part of my indicating factors. When I when I look at something, I think. 
you know, is this legitimate? What are the indicators? What, what can I look at as proof or evidence that, you know, this is legitimate? And it's one of the things that I see, you know, that injection into the OODA loop. It, it reminds me a lot of how Trump behaves, but on a different on a different wavelength. It's it's changing a broader a broader perception about what's going on in the world and how people react to it. And the enemy, when I say enemy, going back to my original baseline statement, enemies of the Constitution and of the Republic, um, they don't know what to do with it. They don't know how to react to it. Well, the only thing they can do is react to it. They can't get ahead of it. So that means we're inside their OODA loop and it's, it's fucking them up. They don't know what to do about it. You know, speaking of uh, speaking of that uh, and Trump and the media, there was one thing you you turned me on to the Mark Taylor prophecies. I had never heard of that uh, before, and uh, thank you for doing that. That's a whole new can of worms, <laughs> a rabbit hole. Uh, but that's when I specifically heard him uh, in an interview talking about that today. That one of the prophecies was that this guy water will roll off of him like a duck's feathers or something like that, or insults will fall. It won't affect him. Nobody yeah. can, hit him. nobody can commit to him. And that is the most, un- I remember, um, what was the one, the locker room talk with Billy, Billy Bush? Um, yeah. The gra- grab him by the pussy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I remember that everybody thought done. <laughs> and he just, he changed it. He totally changed the paradigm, the narrative and everything. And that, I don't know if it's his time having already been in the public eye, his personality. And I've looked a lot into kind of his experience, his personality, and his background, but just the ability for him, it's almost like judo. You know, they throw up a jab at him and he can just take him and he throws him on their ass. I used to say, it's like Trump has a laser pointer and the media are cats. (laughs) He just points it at the wall (laughs) with some comment or some tweet or something and they run headfirst into it and they never learn. Like yeah. they're stupid cats too, because they run into it. They, you know, their nose is bleeding because they're starting to break it or something. And then he shines it on the other one. And they go right back and they head, you know, head first <laughs> to that one too. And it blows my mind that they just never seem to figure it out. And that's only looking into, I, I was not a president Trump supporter at first. Um, I'm libertarian. So I was, I was a hope, hopeful that Rand Paul uh, would be in there. I was a big fan of his dad's. But once I saw that he was actually doing all the things that he promised, that's that's what really got me on uh, on Team POTUS. Um, and seeing just a lot of people, he gets lambasted and made absolute fun of. They do complete mockery in the press for every, you know, he says a lot of outrageous stuff. But looking into it, I've, I'm very cynical, and I've been paying very close attention to the stuff he says. He never says something that isn't true. And like a lawyer, he never asks a question he doesn't already know the answer. Mm-hmm. And I remember the bugs in the White House or the bugs in Trump Tower thing. Yeah. I remember how much gruff the media gave him. For I'm old enough to remember that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's funny. And that's, you know, a thing that, that I think we see a lot in the Q movement, too, is that people, a lot of people just get so focused in on today, this drop right now. And they forget about all the stuff from yeah. the background, or maybe they haven't really looked in the, into the into the real timeline and the history of it, and understand that whole thing with uh, Admiral Rogers, where he had to take personal leave from the NSA to go visit Trump Towers ten days after the election to actually say, "Hey, President Trump, your your Trump Towers been bugged, and uh, you need to watch out." 
you know, a lot of people just get so, they get so laser focused on what it is right now. And, oh, Hugh posted this today and it didn't happen. Well, then it must not be true. It must be, it must be a lark, you know, and that, I don't know. It's, it's, it's amazing to see that so many people still don't understand the dynamic and that the Q clock, I know a lot of people don't, it's hard to wrap your head around it if you just look at it. Um, Neon Revolt has a great article. Uh, it's called Wind the Q Clock or something like that. And it explains it in pretty simple terms. But the Q Clock really helps you understand when each post is meant for. And it's absolutely breathtaking if you look at it and you see how many things have acted when you look at the Q Clock, not he dropped this today, oh, and it didn't happen today. It's a lark. When you look at the Q clock and it lines up when posts are actually meant to happen, it, it, it blows your mind, man. And how many times that's been spot on. And if you start to understand the Q clock, you can start to see each, you know, you can choose a day and look at the Q clock and figure out, okay, what is going to happen today? And you see, you pay attention to the news and see what comes out and what's going on. And then you see, oh, my God, he, he told us this. This is, And that's where I got so kind of fervently into this is when I started saying, yes, Hillary is not in jail. But there are so many other little things that have been accurate. And that I love statistics. Um, it is. It's mathematically beyond the point of all being a coincidence. And that's when you look at the macro. And not the micro, not each one individual, but you look at how many different things he has told us about in advance. Uh, no names, death down to the minute. Ruth Bader Ginsburg announcing her retirement um, and so many other things. It just it, it blows my mind. And people still still don't want to believe it or people still you know call it a LARP or, or have trouble looking at it. But. When you see at the micro level how many things he actually did tell us about foreign events, John Huber, we know John Huber most performed in a team of foreign investors. We know about Singapore. We knew Singapore and the North Korea was already a done deal. We knew we didn't have anything to worry about with North Korea again when the media was still saying Trump was going to get us into the nuclear war because we were seeing pictures of him uh, walking around, having a big smile, and having a good time, and having drinks with everybody. Um, it really, but I think once you you got to take that time to actually look into the micro of it and really begin to understand all the different things that, that have happened. I but I agree, Hillary Clinton's not in handcuffs, and that's what we're all waiting on. I think that's the one unifying cause that everybody is just come on, set, come on, come on, come on. There is a um, I remember I don't. I don't remember when, what time frame it was, probably last year, maybe May, something. I don't know. That's just a guess. There there was a, a specific chess game that was mentioned. I don't know. Do you remember that? Yeah. I remember thinking uh, once they started mentioning that specific chess move, I tried to I tried to look up that actual game and try to see what was going on. But um, it, this, you know, the four-dimensional, 77-dimensional underwater chess uh, there, there's something important to that because, you know, you, you don't just start off and kill the king. Right. You know, that's, that's not how the game works. You can't work it like that. And it's been, it's been discussed that that's, you can't do that because you end up with 
you end up with anarchy. I mean, so I'll, I'll, let me, I'll ref, ref, eh, reframe this. So part of, part of how I came at this was looking at it from, you know, what are, what are the potential conclusions that we have right now? The, the three that I could come up with distilled down into their finest form is that one possibility Q is a total LARP, uh, just some, some individual or some team of individuals that are very intelligent, very clever and put together this grand scheme and have, you know, drawn in a lot of people to it for the lulls or whatever. Uh, another possibility is it's a disinformation campaign designed to attract people like you and me and whoever's listening to this into some extravagant conspiracy theory that makes us look stupid and, you know, uh, can can burn our burn our entire uh, careers or whatever. And the other possibility is that Q is a legitimate insider with actual knowledge about the inner workings of the Trump the Trump team and what's going on. And if you have those three outcomes, you can look at indicators that say that you know, this is more likely than this or so on. Um, and one of the more important ones is that. If if Q is legitimate, it, well, and we're at two outcomes right now. So those are the the three, I guess, variables of an outcome. And the two outcomes are Q is real or Q is not real. There there is a plan. There is not a plan. Those are the, there there can be. We've reached a point where there can be no other option to on the table. If Q is not real and there has been no plan, and Trump's just been fucking muddling through this for the past two, three years, then the only outcome is a civil war because you, you can't have, you can't have this much injustice and, and people saying, you know, why isn't this person in jail? They, they committed these obvious crimes. You, that that's the inevitable outcome because you're going to have judicial warfare. That's going to turn into hot warfare and you're going to have people in the streets going crazy. And the other outcome is that there has been a plan that's been rolling along quite seamlessly for the past two years, three years. And the outcome is that the king gets rolled up, the king falls, the queen falls, and, you know, the, the chessboard, chessboard gets cleaned up for the next game. Um, and there, I don't see any other possible outcomes. And given that, you know, going back to the chess analogy, you know, if the, if, Trump just tried to kill the king right off the bat, you would end up a civil war. That, that's that's the only outcome to that because you have you have enough uh, global support for people like the Clintons and you know the progressive movement that if you try to just kill their king, you're essentially cheating. If you if you want if you want to think of it that way, you know you're, you're going down the same path they are. There's you can't if you can't gain control of the judicial system legitimately, uh, even though, you know, the whole question, the word legitimate is a, is a minefield in itself. If you can't gain control of it legitimately, you're going to work yourself into a trap that you can't get out of. And I don't, you know, I have children myself, Rob, you got kids too. I, I don't want civil war breaking out. I would, I would rather play the long game, do it legitimately and trap trap people that are corrupt or ignorant or both in their own words and make them look like fools or make them act rashly. And then they get thrown in prison for 
treason and sedition than you know risk it all in in a single shot you know if the the plan makes sense to me that that's the only reason that i can see a uh, a Q, the q outcome being legitimate i guess i kind of rambled through that last part but the the plan makes sense to me therefore i'll support it well it is it's beautiful it's poetic i mean the way that it that it's working out right that's one thing he's told us over and over is that you're watching a movie enjoy the show kabuki <laughs> the big part when i talked about kabuki theater and that article and it is beautiful especially if all the things are accurate where both good guys bad guys and anons are reading the boards for them to know it's coming <laughs> Dude, did you see those the snap the video of uh people at the George H.W. Bush funeral getting this. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. That was interesting. That was beautiful. I, you know, my, my theory on why it's taken so long has just been that I guess it's a little too simplistic. Yours is very poetic. Mine is very, <laughs> it's, and it's just black and white granular. It's that, you know, we had the double jeopardy rule in this country. So if I try you for something, Sorry, not me. If the United States of America, <laughs> I'm, I'm, hey, I'm libertarian. I'll let, let live. Um, but if uh, if they try you for something and you're proven innocent, found innocent, even if it's thrown out of technicality, they can't try you for the same crime again. So if they were to get Hillary Clinton in handcuffs and take her, put her in jail, put her in front of a judge. If you remember, not too long ago, there was that terrorist training camp in Arizona. <laughs> they had killed a kid and they were training new kids to shoot up schools. It can't get more horrific and diabolical than that. And they got let off. Yeah. There was a judge there in Arizona that just let him walk, let him go. So you got to think about that. That, on the grand scheme of things, that, you know, I'd say jaywalking is here. That's here. Hillary Clinton's <laughs> here. Right? But it's at least halfway to the Wicked Witch of the West. I mean, it's. That's some bad, gnarly, gnarly stuff. And they walk. So yeah. Imagine Hillary Clinton with their how many hundreds of millions of dollars have they made in the last few years since she left uh, <laughs> since she left office? If you think about that and the power and connections, and I think it's more believable the blackmail that she has over people um, and the strings that they can pull. Think about it. Any one step in that whole process of getting arrested or investigation. And actually being sentenced to jail, you know, federal pound me in the butt prison. There are so many different spaces in that that it can just get completely screwed up. Yep. You have one corrupt individual at any of those places that can either foul up the evidence, uh, screw up the process and not cross a T and dot an I somewhere, or you know, even get the you know corrupt prosecutor that is gonna purposely fumble the case, or a corrupt judge that's gonna let him go. Any one of those, there's a weak link in any part of that chain. It all goes away. And, and, the, and the outcome of it all going away is civil war. Yeah. Because, because you, you end up with a situation where, oh, Hillary Clinton just got let go because of some stupid fucking technicality. Yeah. And then everyone in the country that's waiting for her to end up in prison or worse because of the shit that she's obviously done, they're going to be in the streets. And then, you know, it's it's the... It's the destroy, set everything on fire, watch the world burn mentality that, you know, that's, that's driving the, the opposition's point of view, as far as I can tell. 
Yeah, well, and I guess that's the most dangerous thing for Team Q, and I, I would love to see their decision tree diagram. <laughs> some huge whiteboard somewhere that if we do this, this, or this, that 35% chance, 65% chance, that, 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 I'd love to see it. But that's one of the most dangerous parts of this, right, is that you get everybody all riled up, you know, because everything everybody knew. Clinton Cash came out before Q, right? Everybody knew what kind of a diabolical person she was. When I was in Afghanistan in 07, we, my team did a PSD for VP Cheney when he came to Kabul. Hmm. And uh, it was while Hillary and Obama were running against each other. And um, so we got to hang out with the Secret Service. And they would all say that they were pretty sure somebody was going to try to shoot Obama. And they're like, I'd rather be on that dude and take a bullet than have to be around Hillary Clinton. And they said she is such a terrible human being to I mean, that's, we spent a week with them and they, I mean, just everything they had to say about it was just, you know, she's this way in person. And as soon as the cameras go off, she's just evil to everybody around her. And I've heard that by everybody I've met who ever has ever been in her orbit. They all said the same thing. She's just a terrible human being. And you can judge somebody by the way they teach, by the way they treat animals and people that are below their station. I mean, that you really can get to know somebody. Mm-hmm. And that they shown us i mean her soul is black as darkness <laughs> even exists right uh so speaking of the guillotine and uh, <laughs> all of this coming down this upcoming week so last week was supposed to be a really big week and it ended up being a really big week and we'll get into that in a minute but a lot of stuff what, what was his uh, allow me to counter <laughs> moves and counter moves Five just moved a week, and there's again. I bet that was part. So, and there, there's a beautiful theory that that was on purpose. They knew that that would happen. They possibly knew HW died, and they had him on ice, and they're saving him or something. And they knew that they would use that to screw up that week, so they couldn't do D five on D five. But they've expended their ammo, right? That spate uses ammo, and so mm-hmm. now that everything's moved over. If something happens and they shut down, again, the, all of D.C. has never been shut down for a president before. Right? That's not, not for a presidential bet. That's just not something that happens. They can't do that again without <laughs> absolute proof positive that the deep state exists, has its tentacles everywhere, and is purposely doing this to avoid this week, which is John Huber testimony on Thursday on the 13th. Loretta Lynch testified in the 17th. Comey, I saw Comey testifying in the 17th, but he just testified. Is he testifying about something else? I don't know. I don't know. That that, that would be – that's something I haven't seen. Maybe I, – I remember reading something about uh, whether or not Loretta Lynch going first or Comey going first and what's the – you know, the the benefits, pros and cons of that. And maybe, maybe they flip-flopped or something. But, yeah, that – I'd love to see Comey testify again. That would be uh, – he already – <laughs> he put enough feet feet in his mouth on the first one. <laughs> well, that, you know, one thing I think that just shows what a slime ball he is, and a lot of people are talking about that. Somebody posted interview clips in the Matrix, uh, posted interview clips from uh, Comey, where this interview was asking questions about, you know, Flynn and, you know, pro- all these different things happened. And the guy could talk for 20 minutes without a pause about all the stuff he remembered. He remembered enough to write a book. <laughs> he said, I don't know, 245 times when he uh, had his testimony this week. So it's just, I mean, yeah, you can see what kind of a guy. So yeah. Coming from one liar, I know he's lying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't bullshit a bullshitter. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, so that this is all coming from a, a, a calendar that I saw stuff to you know keep on your thing. So that's yeah, up in the air. I, I've seen that Comey is, has said to testify on the 12, on 12 17. I don't know if that's real. Um, a big day for me and for, for us, uh, General Flynn, his sentencing hearing is on December 18th. I think that's that right there is very interesting uh, in the timing where it is because it's been pushed back a couple of times, right? And there's so many different things about about him and you know even Comey said that they didn't think the lie that they charged him for was actually a lie. Um, he has given us a lot of background on that that you know we'll get into in a minute. But like, what was the purpose of him lying and pleading guilty to a lie that wasn't a lie, except for to inject his testimony and have them ask? evidence and uh, testimony regarding any crimes that he knows of. And he's been there, you know, I've, his book field of fight is amazing. Uh, anybody, if you have audible download the audiobook, he gets paid a higher royalty for an audiobook than he does for a physical book. Um, it's a great book. I mean, this guy has been in the intelligence world since Grenada, right? Everything since Grenada. I just, I read a book called relentless fury about uh, JSOC. And when he came into JSOC, he reduced their time to target so much they could. So before it, JSOC is a big, big animal. Before he came in, it would take them a long time to set up and go get everything done. By the time he got on there and he redid their process, they could be interrogating somebody, get intel right there, and he could get it to a team, get into operators and get operators on the ground and go out and prosecute targets. I mean, this guy, <clears throat> he's smart. He knows where the bodies are buried. He knows what he's doing. He's done a lot of great stuff for his country, this country. And if you really want to know all the stuff that he's seen, read the book Field of Fight. Um, it really is. It will give you a better perspective of not just where we've been, but who our enemies are now and what they're doing and what we need to be on the lookout for and what's most likely coming soon. But his uh, hearing is on December 18th. I've seen some stuff about that that – I'm not sure if it's Rolling Thunder or another one, but they're planning to attend because I guess Antifa was saying that they're going to be there at a sentencing hearing. That'll, that'll be a flashpoint. That'll be uh, that'll be interesting to watch. That doesn't. So this was the it was General Flynn was the first thing to really get me looking into Q. Um, it was one of those things I had seen, you know, people sharing in my Twitter feed, on my Facebook, uh, stuff like that. But I had never really been interested enough to really go do a lot of digging. But uh, one of the shows here on the Heroes Media Group, um, Straight Out of Combat, had General Flynn on uh, as a guest. And I was excited because anytime we have a flag officer, we get really good engagement, uh, chief marketing officer, some engagement for me. That's, hey, all right, give, give Rob a raise. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, and so it got me interested because after he did the interview, I started looking and I noticed we weren't only getting a lot of good engagement, we were getting bad engagement. It was the first time I had ever encountered shills now that's a daily occurrence but it was the first time i'd ever really seen uh firsthand shills and then come again and it just blew my mind and then we had a couple other things come up and i started looking into it and i realized oh my god okay i found uh q anon.pub first and then it went down august 8th and it moved over to q anon, uh, q maps but that was the thing general flynn that him on his interview so he has a very warm spot in my heart in terms of relation with you just because not only what he's done amazing patriot guys a hell of a hell of a warrior and a fighter and if he really did do what i think he did uh and all the stuff he really is a master spook that helped kind of arrange this whole thing um 
Bravo. <laughs> Bravo, Jim one, one thing I forgot about that I had brain dumped because it's been so long and the media cycle so quick is he tweeted about Pizzagate before it was really Pizzagate. Yeah, yeah, he put he put out a tweet about he talked about um I think there there was a tweet in October 30th if I recall about um the uh NYPD finding that laptop and like I I had forgotten about that but then I remembered oh yeah I, I, but <laughs> unless unless I saw a fake tweet uh screen cap it it brought back memories. Oh yeah, that, that was a real thing. And I was, I was on the ground, well on the digital ground when Pizzagate started to roll out and that shit blew my mind. Um, and seeing someone like Flynn with multiple stars on his shoulder, that's, that's, that's no joke. That's something, that's something serious. So that, uh, yeah, I think, I think I'm, I'm quite, uh, quite certain that Flynn will be remembered quite well in history. Yeah. No kidding. And so anybody listening, go feel the fight, go buy his book, um, buy the audiobook if, if you can. Uh, I love audiobooks and go, I'm working out or running or, or uh, driving or doing whatever. But you get a, you get a, as an author, you get a much more higher royalty from the audiobook than you do from the regular book. Um, support that great patriot. Go, please go buy it. And it's, again, an amazing story. We'll tell you, especially Iran, how Iran plays into everything. Number one exporter of uh, state-sponsored terrorism in the world. And they have been for decades. So he has a lot to say about that and kind of who our enemies are. So go feel the fight, feel the fight, feel the fight. Go go check it out. Um, so the next thing coming up on December 21st, we have the report on 2018 voter fraud. <laughs> this is something that it, it gets me, you know, because every time President Trump talks about it, the media just make fun of him and just say, oh, my God, he's talking about voter fraud. There's no evidence. He's, and it always says President Trump is mentioning voter fraud, but has no evidence to back it up. There have been ring, voter fraud rings put in jail in California, Texas, I think Pennsylvania. The Florida, the Florida Secretary of State has already filed charges in four counties about voter fraud. And this is before we've even seen the report. I mean, it really does. It shows you how openly they, they lie. I mean, that's the anything to make him look bad. They'll say anything to make him look bad. But the worst part is they think we're too stupid and lazy to go look for ourselves or to remember, oh, wait, last week I saw a headline about a voter fraud ring getting arrested in Dallas. It it just kills me. And then they're relying they're relying on that speed of the media cycle and the and the traditional methods of. Uh, conspiracy theory accusations slash uh, discrediting and yeah it's but like you said earlier it's trump trump doesn't ask questions or say things unless he knows he can back it up with something that could be defensible in court i think that's how it, he's been in court enough times that he knows uh, what's defensible in court and what's not defensible yeah well and i i think that's it's a beautiful thing and, and again one of the big parts of q right I, I think it's a psyop meant to warm people up to these things that are coming. Um, but I also think it's meant to give the, the power of information back to the people. I think that is this purpose, to have people stop buying this BS that are being sold and get out their butts and go do some research and actually look into things. When it doesn't make sense, when it doesn't add up, look into it and begin to actually do that. And just to get people to start 
Because if you look at all the anons and how much research has gone into this and how everybody splits off and starts doing their own digging, it's a beautiful thing. There's, there's, um, so two things on that. There's a, there's a, a, a collage of screen caps from 4chan back during the, the campaign. I wasn't, I wasn't on 4chan back in the campaign. So I'm, I'm a quote unquote new fag as it's referred to on 4chan. But, uh, so during the campaign, someone, someone jumped on there and on jumped on there saying talking like Trump basically. And basically everyone's like, yeah, whatever. And it was, but it was right after Trump tweeted out a meme that came from 4chan. And so basically, you know, you get, you get one half saying that's fake and gay and the other half saying this is true. So one, one half is saying, if you're real, if this is actually Donald Trump, the God and emperor walking among us, uh, use the word amazing in, in your next tweet. And the very next tweet was he included the word amazing in a semi-normal type of way. But you could wonder, right? that's, that's statistically, that's an anomaly. So, um, the, the theory was that, you know, Trump, Trump's been shit posting on 4chan for, for probably years now. And he, uh, his, his presence in there, uh, oh damn, I just forgot where I was going. Where were we? My, my brain just short circuited. Trump has been shit posting on 4chan for a long time. Yeah. Um, wow. I lost it. I, I've seen that as well, and I think that's it. it <laughs> I mean, that's the great thing about 4chan and 8chan. It's the last anonymous place left on the internet, right? You, yeah. The VPN, you get in there the right way, you really can. And that's why it's what did uh, what did Gawker call it? The scum of the of the, the gutter of the internet. Right? <laughs> it's beautiful because I mean that's it's the last bastion of freedom. You know? Yeah. The only the only place you can call anybody any word that you want, and no one's no one's really going to ban you for it. Well, and it's like a team room in that, right? Yeah. Like yep. you walk in, you understand. Hey, I'm going to have some thick skin or shut your mouth, <laughs> or just get out. You know? Yeah. <laughs> no here, there's no crying in in it. Um, so we went through a lot of background, a lot of different perspectives. There's some some current events, some current events. And some Q proofs that I wanted to bring up and talk to about, and see see what you uh, what you think about them. Um, today was a good one, right? Today is Tuesday, um, and there was a, a a minor Q proof today. It wasn't a huge one, but I'd say a, a minor, but at least definitely something. And that the White House tweeted the same border security as national security thing that Q has been saying for quite some time, and that's. All they quoted, which is beautiful, they just quoted border security as national security, um, and I think that's right in and of itself because that's something that we heard from Q. Um, it's very, very simple. But if you look at the grand context of what that means, not only has Q said that specifically to us multiple times, but if you understand the context, and this is really fresh for me because I, you know, I went back and saw and looked up the first. I went from post one forward to kind of do some stuff on the, on the future proofs past stuff today. One of the first things you talked to us about was why is he surrounding himself with um, Marine generals and what is the purpose of doing things this way? Right. And what, um, what recent decision by the Supreme court set things up. So uh, POTUS has as much control as he wants in certain situations. And that is something that number one, more people are beginning to understand the constitution 
than ever before. And that's a beautiful thing, I think, in this, in this republic, right? Um, but the understanding that the president of the United States has the authority to do just about anything in terms of if it's uh, national defense, if it's defending the country against uh, a threat, he can do just about anything he wants, right? And so I know one of the tweets today was about uh, him saying the Army Corps of Engineers may uh, may actually build the wall, right? And that's another be- beautiful one because, uh, you know, Q with the Red Castle, Green Castle, uh, in the Matrix pointed this out. Q redropped it today, reposted it today, but he posted Red Castle, Green Castle back in March. Um, you and I know because we've seen the insignia everywhere, but the Red Castle is the insignia of the Army Corps of Engineers. It is a Red Castle. The uh, 82nd Airborne has the same thing, but and their headquarters is located on Green Castle Road in Indiana. <laughs> it's beautiful. Um, when he posted that back in March originally, in the Matrix looked at it, and he's the one that found that. And then Q reposted his um, in the Matrix's tweets today in his drops. And it's beautiful because when you look at that, so the Army Corps of Engineers, a lot of people have already come out against them saying, well, president doesn't have the authority to order the uh, military to build the border wall. And they asked Mattis, and even Mattis said, no, 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 he doesn't, the president doesn't have that authority. But if it is in the aspect of defending the country, if it's a strategic defense needed to, uh, to protect the country from harm, he has the authority to do whatever he wants. That's a, and that's <laughs> like saying that today. It's beautiful because when you go back to some of the very first tweets or drops from Q talking about that and all the different times he's talked about border security is national security. The president of the United States can do anything he wants in terms of national security. And as you go back through the drops and you read through them from the first one back on and you realize just how much Q talks about these different things being an issue of national security. And that's it's amazing to look back and see that and see how it fits into all this. I, uh, I, I actually remembered what I was, where I was going with my, uh, my previous comment. Yeah. The, uh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, so, you know, looking, I, I keep pretty close track of Twitter and, you know, the, the Twitter sphere and what's going on with all that. And the, the common thread amongst the, the trusted blue checks of the world is that Q is a LARP. And all it does is uh, make a bunch of cult cult followers of this Q thing, and you're not, it, it's basically distracting people from doing what they should be, and I guess going out in the streets and holding up signs or calling their representatives, which is extremely effective and accomplishes a lot. But um, so, well, let, let's you know, going, doing what I normally do and distilling this down to its bare minimum. Let's say that Q is a LARP. It's all fake. At a minimum, Q has driven the, driven a, an entire uh, generation of people to start to invest time and energy into reading and learning about what makes our country work what's legally allowed in our country, what things have happened in the past and dive. It's for, he's force fed a whole bunch of red pills on people. He's just, you know, it's like Johnny Appleseed with red seas, just traveling across the country, throwing red seas on the ground and, you know, people eat it up because, you know, the, 
you know the you know the the sound not the sound of the shepherd that's not accurate it's the uh the the truth has a certain ring to it that people can hear and they can recognize and that there's some there's something in the things that he's saying and putting out that says that that is true because i've seen it and i felt it and i understand it and it makes sense and when i actually do the research and read and do my own homework which people forget how to do when they get older because they hate school you know they're like holy shit that actually makes sense and i can actually prove it and this is a mathematical formula that i can prove out so if nothing else if nothing else and q is a larp at the end of the day which i don't believe he is he's driven a lot of people to start to ask questions that they would have otherwise never started to ask because they've been living under the the mainstream media mockingbird matrix for so long. Well, like you were talking about with the OODA lip, it changes the, the yeah. paradigm, right? People have been so used to just people telling them, this is the way it is. We're not going to give you any evidence, but you need to believe it. And then in the past eight years under Obama, not only do you need to believe it, but if you go against it, we're going to destroy your life. Crushed, yeah. Rush every every apparatus of the intelligence, uh, socioeconomic strength that the government has, and will crush your life and turn you into a slave more yeah. than you are. And that's just another paradigm shift. Now people see, oh wait a minute, somebody's fighting back. Yeah. Wait a minute, there is something, something's different. This might change. We might actually. <laughs> Joe Biden is actually a pedophile. I think. <laughs> God, creepy Uncle Joe, man. <laughs> Hillary first, Joe Biden second. Uh, Obama. <laughs> okay, but still, I want to see him in there. Yeah. Um, okay, so speaking, you, you brought something up. It's a great segue into this. So talking about civilians and, and the military, um, military tribunals. Q uh, posted another drop today about an ABC News article, um, and it's from 2001, but it's specifically about military tribunals. And uh, he posted a drop, and it said, uh, think Graham-Cav exchange. That was um, Senator Graham and uh, and now Justice Kavanaugh yep. uh, during his confirmation hearings when they had that amazing talk about military tribunals and the ability to try people for treason in a military tribunal. So Q dropped a 2001 article today that went through in 2001, and it's it's very interesting because it talks about the Bush tribunals quite often. Uh, because it was in 2001, it was under President Bush. It was, you know, for all the stuff going on past post 9/11. But it kept saying Bush tribunals, right? And I couldn't. Every time I would see that, I couldn't stop thinking about Jeb's face and uh, <laughs> all those memes I've seen with uh, with W hanging his head. And it would say he flipped, you know, walk of shame or whatever. I couldn't stop thinking about that. But that's, you know, it's, it's very, uh, very, it's it was a great segue. There's another great, uh, another part of the Q drops today. Uh, and this is something that, that you got into a little bit as well in terms of what a country will do and what's, what's legal. Um, he posted a link to a Sean Hannity article asking notice of pattern. And the article talks about that shooting that happened in Strasbourg, France uh, at the Christmas market uh, very recently. And so he asked uh, if we notice a pattern, right? So I want to get your take on this. And there were two different types of patterns that I kind of immediately saw when I look at this. Number one, part of the article talks about this guy being on the terrorist watch list, right? So I believe there's something there. I mean, there's a couple of different levels there, right? So number one, if he's on the list, 
Every time something like this happens, and it happens, you know, if it's an Islamic extremist, every time so far, it comes out several days later that this guy was on our terrorist watch list. So I wonder if that, is that true? Is that just a way for the intel agencies to look like they're still, they're all over it? Because it never comes up the day of, the day after, or even the next day. It's several days later. They go, oh yeah, he was on our terrorist watch list. He just, you know, he got by us. But I'm wondering, is that really just a chance for them to kind of save their, their butts and say, oh, well, we, we were doing something. We were watching. He just missed that. Or are these guys really, were they really on that list? I'm, I'm wondering. But I was looking on Vote, and uh, I love Vote. For those of you that were on Reddit, The Great Awakening, after uh, the Reddit, The Great Awakening, with 100-something hundred something users, 60,000-plus subscribers that just got shut down immediately, um, a lot of the ref, re, re, Reddit refugees moved over to Vote, V-O-A-T C-O. They have another subverse in there called The Great Awakening. There's another one called The Awakening. Go to The Great Awakening. Uh, that's exactly like Reddit. It's called VOAT Vote because you vote just like you did with Reddit. Um, but for now, this is still okay. And all the shills from Reddit moved over there. So just be prepared <laughs> for that, every single one of them. But after I read that, I was going through Q's drops, read that article. I went over to vote to see what they were saying about it. Somebody had brought up this idea that so I went to the is the terrorist watch list really just a fabrication and just a way for them to save their own butts. But somebody had posted somebody on there saying that Q was posting that to confirm that that shooting was just a false flag by Macron to change the news cycle and quell the yellow jacket protest before they began riots. So what, what's your, so those two, and they're not mutually exclusive, right? So there could be both, but do you, how do you feel looking about that? So I'm, I'm thinking that I'm thinking it's another, it's, it's an OODA loop tactic. Yeah. Cause it's, so I remember, um, there was that, that kid, He's probably like 22. He flew from Alaska down into Florida. This was right before the election. And he went and shot up the Fort Lauderdale Airport or Fort Myer Airport. I can't remember which one. Do you remember that? Yeah. So there was a picture. There's a picture of him, you know, giving the 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 one finger up to Allah sign, holding up a, a pistol in the front seat of a car. And I remember looking at that picture and I, I started thinking about it. And I thought to myself, who is taking this picture? Because both hands, both of his hands are visible. Sure. Why are they, why are they sitting in the front seat there? It looks like they're on the side of a mountain uh, or, you know, the side of a, uh, a scenic drive up in some, some mountain area. Um, but, you know, I started, I started, you know, thinking about all these different pieces of evidence in this photo and I asked myself, why, why is this dude, going up and taking a picture of himself holding a pistol pointing this, you know, but there's no God, but all up in the sky. And the answer I came to is that this dude, this dude is an asset. He's being, he's being ran as an asset. And they said, Hey, you know, we need, we need to go hop in this car this time. We're going to drive up and I need, I need to take a picture of you doing this specific thing. And, you know, maybe it's because he's, he's got blackmail. I, I would assume that's the general, the general thing that, they get rolled up for some probably child pornography and they say, Hey, if you know, <clears throat> you can avoid, you can avoid legal complications and 
we just need to run you as an asset and not in those words, but that's what they end up doing. They use them as a tool for future use. So you develop this, you know, you, you develop a, a vault of different assets that you can deploy at any given moment and what it's, you can use it in whatever way you want, you know, depending on what you need, but you know, you send them, send them down to Florida, cause a mass shooting and cause some chaos and, reap whatever benefit you want. Um, but I, I think that it's, I think that it's used as a tool. And in this case, it makes a lot of sense given what's going on in France right now to change the conversation, change the, the, the dynamic about things, uh, before, you know, before it gets past the point of their control, or at least that's how they're seeing it. So, if you can inject an event into the situation, you can take control of it because obviously Macron hasn't had control of that place for the past three weeks now. So it'll, I think, <clears throat> I think the, uh, the response to it will be, will be able to get a better understanding of what they were, what, what was going on behind the scenes, whether or not it was just some dude that slipped under the cracks, which, you see it enough times the only options are malice and ignorance or uh incompetence right. you know and based on how they react to it i think uh you'd be able to figure it out but I, a lot more often i'm i'm just assuming malice at this point because like how yeah you brought it up how many times do we hear oh yeah this mass shooter has been on the terrorist watch list this mass shooter has been under under the FBI's thumb for X number of years because he did something stupid back here. It's like, well, how the how the hell are they? Why, <laughs> do your fucking jobs, guys. I mean, this is, <laughs> why, why are they out in the loose and why why are we not tracking this? So, yeah, I think um, I think seeing seeing what happens in France and how it plays out, you'll be able to get a better better picture of what this dude actually was and what his purpose was. Right. Yeah, and that's, I don't know, I think that's one of the things that I think for, for the next Q-drop as well, uh, he's no longer in the dark, right? Now a light has been shown on him, and mm. it can't just disappear like it used to. Like that, there's people looking and paying attention to this now. So that's a, a very important, a very important thing. So speaking of shining the light, another one of Q's drops today. It's been busy, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, Op tempo, picking yeah. up. Yeah, hey man, ramping up that pressure. But it, yeah. I think you think that they're prepping for Christmas break. <laughs> <laughs> guys are going on leave. We yeah, got to get some shit done. If it's a military op, right? So yeah. 412 Anon has a great Tableau dashboard that shows correlations uh, between POTUS and, and Q's tweets, but also days of the week, times of day that he posts most often. And it's in Tableau, so you can see it right in front of you. Better looking at a at a uh, Excel spreadsheet. And... He's on military time. <laughs> there five, I believe it. I believe it. Yeah, but wouldn't you be too? I mean, this has got to be. Yeah. Imagine, imagine how much mental energy this takes. Yeah. To do this. Um, but speaking of having the light on people, he posted another link. He posted a scribbed document from the U.S. attorney opposing the Daily Caller's request to unseal the FBI raid documents on Clinton Foundation whistleblower Nate Kane. So if you remember. I think it was uh, back a few days ago, maybe it was last week, um, Nate Kane's house was raided by the FBI, but he's a federally protected whistleblower, right? So it seems a while ago he gave a lot of documents about the uh, Clinton Foundation 
to the Department of Justice. But once you do that and you're a protected whistleblower, you're kind of off, you know, hands off, don't, don't mess with this guy. So Q has, has mentioned this a couple of times and he asked again today, why is the Clinton Foundation back in the news? And I think just like with everything Q is doing, the point is to warm people up to what's about to happen. And I think Clinton Foundation specifically in the news again is it's they've gone from Q telling us about it to everybody, the mainstream media telling everybody about it, right? But for Kane specifically, right, why would a whistleblower, which is a protected class, why would he be raided? There were a lot of different theories about this, right? Some people said, well, it means the deep state is still in the FBI. There's still bad people in the FBI that are trying to get the evidence or the originals that he has so they can destroy him so that, you know, whatever he gave the DOJ is just a copy. And, you know, in court, they can say, well, this is just a copy. It could have been fabricated. But Q has told us before, right? You're in the light now. I think it was in reference to somebody else, or maybe it was the first time that he, he dropped about Kane. But just like this guy false flag, bad, he doesn't want the light on him because now nobody's ever going to forget him. But Kane, now the light's on him. He can't just happen to disappear, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of like if another, if Jimmy Carter dies this week and they try to shut down all of uh, DC and the mail and everything, even though nobody likes mm, you. That's odd. But yeah, you can't go, <laughs> wow, the first time it ever happened was last week. And this happened this week. What else was going on last week and this week? Oh, like they, they couldn't get away with it, right? And I think the same now. If this guy, if Kane goes and takes a dirt nap, if he just all of a sudden turns up missing, there is such a light on him right now that he people would ask too many questions. I yeah. think for any hitman, that would be a suicide mission. Yeah. Number one, we know the guy's being watched. We know he's under surveillance. But two, the amount, just the widespread public, this ain't Vince Foster. They can just you know disappear and somehow shoot him in the back of the head while he's got his hands tied behind his back. This is... <laughs> This is somebody that is now there's a national spotlight on him. And so he can't go missing. I think that's, I think that was the point. I think he had already given everything he had over to the DOJ. Huber and I mean, uh, Horowitz has it. Yeah. Had all that stuff. Yeah. Well, they, nobody would ever think that they could go and get, you know, destroy any evidence. It's, it's gone. He's already handed it along, but now he's a household name. Now there's a lot of people. There was like 120,000 people on QMAPs when I was on it. There's a lot of people that know, know this and that are researching this. They, they might not know, but maybe they're watching this. Maybe they're reading all the, all the articles, but now they know this is going on and they're curious. Yeah. Because that's a question like, well, why would this happen? Who was this? And so it's cemented into their memory. So this guy just can't happen to go missing. Um, there's been some other really, really notable stuff in the news. Last week was a huge week, and I had a lot of fun on vote with shills that were saying, no arrest, nothing happened, how's your D5? Because last week was a big week. Yeah, every, every, every week seems to be accelerating faster than the week prior. Yeah, faster and bigger, right? Yeah. And I hope, I hope we get to take Christmas Exodus on a high note. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope it's a good one, but I think it is, right? So a couple of things, two things happened last week that – I believe this was Q's allow me to counter. I believe this is what it was, right? So right after that drop, allow me to counter. For good job, uh, deep state moving, whatever, allow me to, allow us to counter. First, we saw the John Solomon reporting come out. And John Solomon is reporting the FBI email chain, which shows that Comey, Strzok, everybody else in the FBI 
knew a couple of things. One, they knew the Steele dossier was totally unverified and unverifiable. They know it was fake. They knew Steele had made a lot of that crap up. And two, they knew that Steele had been talking to the media, specifically Yahoo, a couple of weeks before they fired him. And before, so remember, they fired him, and then he no longer became an FBI asset, yet they kept paying him. And I think Bruce Orr kept being with him behind uh, behind everybody's yep. back. Yep. But now this FBI email chain that has all these two Comey from Strong, you know, all these different stuff in there, it shows a timeline. It shows that even back then, before they went to the FISA court, they knew these claims were BS. They knew the Steele dossier was made up. And they knew that Steele was already going to the media. Like those, that is such <laughs> a big thing, right? Because the FBI, so General Flynn charged him for lying, even though they know it wasn't actually a lie. Okay, that looks bad. But they went and lied to the FISA court, didn't disclose that they thought this stuff was phony, that it was all unverifiable. That's a big, big deal. That beat FISA gate. That's Pfizer. That's okay. There we go. We got it. That's okay. Three pointer. Now let's move on to the next one. Right? <laughs> and the second one ties in pretty substantially as well. That's the Mueller sentencing docs for General Flynn. And yeah. that boy, I tell you what, General Flynn, uh, let me some General Flynn, field of fight, go by field of fight, go by field of fight, go by field of fight. I can't say it enough times. I read it last week. Actually, I listened to it on Audible last week because just a, a great man. Um, but the sentencing docs from Mueller recommended zero prosecution, recommended no jail time. This, so Mueller told the court that it's going to have the sentencing hearing on the 18th. This guy, he doesn't need any jail time. He's suffered enough. Also told him he's met with us 19 times. And helped us out a lot. And helped us out a lot, right? Not, not, not just us, but... Uh, our investigation and other investigations that we don't we don't want to talk about right now. Yeah, we don't want to. Well, that right there, yep. that is one of the key points, right? So there's a lot of key points that I think a lot of people are totally missing what a big deal this is, right? So that right there, we will talk about this. We'll talk about the Russia collusion case, but we won't even mention the other cases. We'll just call them ongoing cases. So what does that tell us? Russia collusion case is over. Right, because they don't talk about ongoing investigations. They don't. So that means Russia collusion case is over. But Mueller is still working. Right. So what's he working on? That's and who is he meeting with? And what are all these other things that he's doing? I think that right there is the meat of it. What's still you know, and a couple of Q proofs in there, right? So a year, one year, again, down to the day before. Uh, Mueller sent in his recommendations. He posted, Flynn is safe. We protect our patriots. One year to the day, Flynn is safe, right? Okay, so he knew that. And some other stuff that, that's uh, very important there. Um, but he also, uh, what was the other part? Oh my God, now it's hitting me. We're old and it's late. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, okay, one year to the day, he said Flynn is safe. Oh yeah, the other drops about what is the purpose of, I can't remember, but basically telling us through his Socratic method um, that basically Flynn pled guilty to a lie that wasn't a lie so that he could get testimony on the record. Yeah. And yeah. that's another part about this reporting that's included in, in the stuff on the Hill that you look at. I think it was John Solomon again. 
you look at the stuff, uh, the story covering the Mueller sentencing docs, and it talks about that. It talks about how they specifically asked him to provide evidence or testimony for any other crime they knew of that had been committed. So General Flynn, the guy who has been in the military since Grenada, there's been an intelligence since Grenada. So he was there for Fast and Furious, Benghazi, OAF, OEF, and everything around the world since. So Iran, field of fight, he talks about Iran a lot. And when I was deployed, my second trip to Iraq, we were in Karbala, where there's a lot of Iranians. They don't even hide there. I mean, it's the third holiest site in Islam is there in Karbala. That's where I spent a part of my uh, second Iraq tour. And uh, we could straight up see that they weren't even trying to hide their involvement there. Um, but the fact that he has that much of a, of a heart on for Iran, I can only imagine how much attention he was paying when Obama sent billions of dollars on plates of pallets of, of, of cash on planes. I wonder how much General Flynn picked up. And notice General Flynn was the only one in the Trump, in the Trump uh, team that Obama straight up said, don't hire this guy. You don't want this guy. Yeah. He was scared of him. Yeah. This is this is the man. This is the man that's going to smile at you as they put, you know, I'm not going to say that because I want secret service here. But, yeah, he's got Obama's. And you know what? Horowitz is another one. Horowitz was the OIG. He wanted to look into Fast and Furious when it happened, but Obama and Holder would not allow him to look. They wouldn't let the OIG look at the emails, which is crazy. So now you got Flynn, who had to sit there and watch all this stuff going on as the head of military intelligence. You got Horowitz, who wasn't allowed to prosecute anything that's still there, and now and Rogers, who all these people, patriots that knew this stuff was going on, and now they have they finally got a leader that goes, go get them, boys, go get them, you know, go get them, bring them back, we'll skin them and put them in, <laughs> put them. For <laughs> right? So those, I those those, I can't state that enough. There were a lot of people that thought D five nothing happened. Oh my god, those two things. Those change the game. They really do. If you're paying attention, they just change the whole game. I think on a, uh, I remember in before Q ever started, there's FBI insider. It's more 4chan stuff. There's like, there's an FBI insider that was putting out information. And there was another one called Meganon. I remember asking one time, I think it was Meganon. And, uh, they seem to Meganon seemed to have put out some some legitimate information and disappeared. I think once they once it became obvious who that person was, they they fled. But um, smart. <laughs> what's that? A little too late, smart, but a little too. Yeah, late. yeah. That, that that was that they were taking pictures, which was like that's not, you're not being smart with that. But anyway, I remember uh, one of the conversation threads was I don't know I can't remember how it started, but I I asked basically. Trump seems to seems like he he constantly draws his enemies into a straw man filled with you know fucking claymore mines, <laughs> and he, he just like he just coaxes his enemies into this one spot. That's yeah. a Trojan horse. There you go. Yeah, he he just he just makes Trojan horse after Trojan horse, and they keep they keep they can't help themselves because it's what it's what they're used to. It's the the tactic that they're used to being able to work. So he, he says things that draw them in 
he sets up a trap. He draws them in. He walks away, watches, then they they descend on the trap and start picking it apart, and then just boom. Then he does it again. He does the exact same thing, and they and the ones that survived the initial blast move on to the next one. And you know you can see that on a micro level, you know during the cam- campaign especially, but I think you can see that on the macro level, and I think that's that's more more of an indicator for me with you know Mueller and Sessions specifically because that you know that's one of the big anti Q uh, you know Q is just a, a stupid LARP and everyone that believes it's a cult follower that's one of the things they say is that like you know there's believing Mueller and believing that Sessions was doing the right thing is absolutely asinine uh, because obviously he's trying to destroy the justice system and he's running his own show. You know, I, I get that. I get that perspective, but looking at it from the broader picture, this makes much more sense that they're, they're drawing their enemies into a legal trap because there's no other way to bring down the deep state than to catch them, catch them in their own, their own web, the webs that they make. You got to catch them in their own webs. Otherwise you're, you're just going to be fighting endlessly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, so I've read art, uh, Sun Tzu, the art of war, the 36 stratagems, which is very similar. It's Chinese. It's the stuff that, you know, Chinese general strategy as well. And uh, Machiavelli, the prince, right? I love those. I understand them. I'm trying to teach my kids chess to start to understand strategy a little bit more. Um, but there's a great, so I, I wrote an article recently and we just up, put it into a video format and uploaded it. Uh, look up um, what if Q, QAnon and the Great Awakening are real. And in it, I link an article that was written by uh, one of Trump's confidants and it's called uh, the Sun Tzu and the Trump Doctrine. And it talks about, this guy's known him for decades. He was a former Forbes, uh, Forbes publisher, editor, and so he's interviewed Trump for decades. And so he's seen firsthand the way he implements the art of war, really, into his daily life. And so I have meditations by Marcus Aurelius that I take with me everywhere I go. It's the one book I'm always reading. I'm typically reading two or three books at a time. But that's the one that I always have. And I'll have another one on top of it that I'm reading. And that's what Trump has done with the art of war. And one of the things I broke down in, in this article that I wrote was, and I'm writing a follow-up article to it now to catch us up from July when it was published up to now, but you can see the Sun Tzu strategies in everything that Trump does. And read the Sun Tzu and the Trump, Trump doctrine, and you will see everything in a totally different light, right? And that's a big one. Number one, draw, draw your enemies to attack, right? Feign weakness and draw your enemies to attack. Yeah. That's a huge misdirection. All war is deception. But uh, cat laser, <laughs> laser. <laughs> but drive enemies to attack is a huge one. And that I, I talked in the, in the article about the campaign, right? So what was the narrative of the entire campaign? It was that campaign managers were leaving. Everybody was, you know, getting fired immediately. It was in such chaos that he was done, right? He was done. If his campaign's in that much turmoil, he's not going to make it much longer. But it turns out his real campaign manager is actually Jared Kushner, right? So the whole point of all this infighting was just to make people think he was weak, project weakness, and draw your enemies to attack. And as soon as they attacked him, he would pounce on them because he knew exactly what he was doing. Now, another key thing about the campaign, uh, I've watched a lot of interviews with Steve Bannon recently. And one of the things that Steve has said in a lot of interviews he's done is that at the very beginning, it was Donald Trump. Steve Bannon, 
and Jeff Sessions from the very beginning at Bannon headquarters in DC that outlined the entire strategy. And if you understand that, if you really understand that Sessions was the first one to endorse him, but also one of that triumvirate that sat down and planned out the entire strategy. The thing is, a lot of people don't understand that. They don't know how close they really are. But if you understand that they're that close, that he trusted him with his entire strategy, you start to understand all this infighting between Trump and Sessions, it was just kabuki theater. That's all it was. And now just like Scaramucci, Whitaker is just, all he's here to do is to be a hatchet man. He doesn't care about optics. He's probably not gonna stay in politics. He's gonna go right on to uh, nonprofits or something after this is done, but he's here to cut some heads off. And that's Sessions, I tell you that, I, in the video version of the What If Q, Q and on and the Great Awakening Real, I talked about that trust Sessions quite a bit. And Q had a drop pretty recently about everybody that didn't trust Sessions is gonna feel you know, feel sorry for themselves. Mm-hmm. I'm t- just that one piece of information that at the very beginning, it was Steve Bannon, Donald Trump, Jeff Sessions. You don't need to know much more, right? Yeah. You start to see how this all starts to, to play out. You begin to understand just how much that was nothing more than misdirection. So that, that's, been, that's been part of my calculus too, especially when looking at the uh, the detractors, the ones that say Q is is absolute bullshit, is that for me to believe that Q is not real, and that uh, well, I'll just say for me to believe that Q is not real would require me to believe that Trump has no strategy. There there is nothing behind him other than he just he uses sheer willpower alone to get through everything that he's doing right now, and that it's absurd. Like there's, there's not many things that you could tell me that I would say is more absurd than that. Than Trump doesn't know what he's doing in general. He's, he doesn't strike me as a person that doesn't have some sort of a strategy, some, some sort of a plan behind every step that he takes. Even, even if he does, even if he acts on instinct a lot of times, which I, you know, Hey, I, I do the same thing and I trust someone that acts on instinct. I think his instinct is to make plans. His instinct is to set traps for his enemies. And that's in, in saying that he saying that Q is completely fake would require that Trump has no idea what he's doing right now. And that's just prima facie. That's, that's absurd. You can force gump your way into a lot of things, but I don't <laughs> force gump your way into a billion dollars or the presidency of the United States of America. No, especially, especially against someone like Hillary Clinton. Yeah, no, who had, they never thought she would lose. Right? Every, everything in her favor. Everything. What's that, that great move, meme with what's the difference between Hillary Clinton and Putin? Putin can win a rigged election. <laughs> <laughs> but you're absolutely right. And that's, I think, when people spend too much time looking at the micro and they forget to look at the macro, you begin to understand. If you just focus on one thing, then you can say, okay, well, maybe, you know, because of that one thing. But when you begin to look at the thousands of little bullet points and pieces here, and you begin to add those up, that's the mathematically impossible to be yeah. That's when you look at all these different things like, okay, he could have Forrest Gumped his way into getting on the ticket, but he couldn't have Forrest Gumped his way all the way up. I mean, he beat what a lot of people called the best contenders the Republican Party has put up in a long time. Yeah. I mean, he 
And, and he didn't just beat them. He didn't just beat them. He yeah. destroyed. He just everyone that went against him is destroyed. Like <laughs> low energy Jeb. <laughs> the the memes that came out about low energy Jeb were just uh, th- those will be uh, remembered in history. Used turtles and well, and, and yeah. what he's gotten done since becoming president, and that's yeah. in the the press. The media likes to focus so much on every little thing they can that hasn't gone his way. But I think the only things that haven't gone his way, I think he knows when to cut his losses. Yeah. Or, or or when when is the time to pull the trigger? Right. And like that, right right now, for instance, the the uh, the little the little tiff he he uh, it, talking about drawing in his enemies into a into a trap that yeah. little Oval Office meeting he had today. Yeah. That, that that's the first. That's probably one of the first times I felt like excited in uh, you know the past week or so, just because it was. It was Trump on display being Trump and dem- demonstrating his capacities. So for those of you that don't know, uh, today, and there's a great article in The Hill about this, today um, President Trump had Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer in the Oval Office. It was the first time they've all met in person uh, since the midterm election. So Chuck and Nancy went to a closed meeting. Uh, they believed it was a closed meeting. When they got on the White House grounds, uh, President Trump asked the press to come in. So <laughs> the media was right there filming the entire thing that these two guys thought were going to be a closed meeting. Now, important, a lot of people don't understand from watching the, the news and the media, immigration has been the number one issue of concern in most elections for the vast majority, like 70 plus percent of, of Americans in the last decade's worth of elections. It's a very big issue, even though the, the media likes to tell you you're a bigot and a racist and some kind of phobe. We're believing that we need border security. It's look at all of the issues where Americans are allowed to say what their number one issue is. It's been immigration a lot, often, right? And so it was beautiful because President Trump had the had the media right there, and Nancy had mentioned a few times that she didn't want him, she didn't want to debate funding the border wall in front of people, in front of the public which means with the media having the camera in their faces. Let's not argue in front of our children. And that's exactly what he did. That's exactly what he did. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's wonderful. Because that's, I don't, I'm, I'm looking forward to January 1st. Again, I hope Christmas Exodus goes on in a bang. Um, the mil- military tribunal's ex- executive order goes into effect January 1st. The new house is sworn in January 3rd. Or are they? Right? That's <laughs> the rings down the house. That. And again, misdirection, right? I think the whole D-class, FISA brings down the house. I'm starting to believe that's another whole part of misdirection. There's something Mm. else. It's not going to be the FISA, but they're focused on that so much. But the people now know. They don't need a court. People know all of that stuff. There's something else coming. Maybe the 66,000 sealed indictments, whatever it is, but there's something else coming. Um, all right, so we've gone. <laughs> I think we had planned on doing a half hour. It's been about two. <laughs> I knew. I knew that's how it was going to go. I, I'm. I'm happy. I, I have this time. This time flew by. Yeah. No kid. Well, and we'll start. We'll start doing mornings. Uh, I think because you and I both have those windows based on yeah. our schedule. Um, and you know, I want to. I got to go spend some some loving some loving time. Um, I wanted to go over just to bring up just so that. I want with each show, I want to go over some of the past drops, some of the old drops. Like I'm starting at one and I'm going to move up every, um, and Will Wiggins and I will go back back and forth. We'll move from the bottom all the way back so that 
we begin to see all these things that really have occurred, right? That maybe we just totally forgot because it was a year ago, right? But I just want to refresh your memory about where all this stuff started. So I went back to drop number one. And this is not going to be a huge insight and everything like that. I'm just going to tell you what each of these drops were. So we start stirring up some old memories and you guys and guys and gals remember what are all these different things that have said and will indicate when something has been a future proof past, but just so that everybody's refreshed, kind of like starting a, what is it? Honeymoon when you're gone for a while and you come back basically every deployment, you come back in a honeymoon phase. You have to- <laughs> um, so maybe this is a honey, honeymoon phase for those of us when we got into the Q movement and how excited we were that we were getting. So drop one. Everybody remembers this one when you look at it. It was one that stated that Hillary and Podesta would be activated, that Hillary and Podesta would be arrested and the National Guard was activated. So this is one of those think mirror. And there's a lot of great theories about this. But I think the one that I've seen the most is the think mirror because that didn't happen here. But... Very soon after, 10 Saudi princes and 100 businessmen were arrested, locked up in the Riyadh Ritz Carlton and questioned. And Q tells us Eric Prince was helpful with that. We do know there's a billion dollar bail set for Prince Al Walid bin Talal. Now, if you don't know too much about Prince Al Walid bin Talal, please read the article or go to the YouTube video that I just uploaded. What if Q, QAnon, what if hashtag Q, hashtag QAnon, and the Great Awakening are real? Because I show you all the stuff that Ben Talal has been involved in in Q-drops, and this guy, as dirty as they come. I mean, he was donating to all the most, all the corrupt politicians, Pelosi, John McCain, um, all the most corrupt politicians, along with George Soros. But he owned a good portion of every social media company. He owned most of the media companies, his own satellite TV network. He ran Kingdom Holdings, which was the investment arm for the royalty of Saudi Arabia. So more money than most people can ever imagine. More zeros than you can fit on a piece of paper, right? Um, He ran that. So he owned literally every place that we get information. He owned it, right? So just think about that. And please go have a look at the article or just watch the YouTube clips because it really goes down and breaks down just how involved this guy was in a lot of this stuff. So remember, that was the first one. That was the first one that kind of brought everybody in and that got our attention, right? Wait, these people are going to jail? Drop two was the first one that brought up the Mockingbird Media. Uh, it put our eye, our eye on Huma. Now, this is lowercase, not Huma, H-U-M-A, H-U-M-A which the association is with Huma, as in Huma Abedin. Uh, he asked us why POTUS was surrounding himself with Marine generals. I, I covered that pretty well in my article as well. Please go have a look. And he hinted very strongly in this of military operation. So this is one of those first ones where he starts giving us these overtures that it's a military operation and that it was using military intelligence to specifically circumvent crooked three-letter agents. And we've seen the DOJ, the FBI getting cleaned out since this all started. We haven't CIA, you know, that stuff happens behind the fence, but military is easier to vet and fire. Exactly. And prosecute leaks, right? And that's, and they know they're patriots that will put God and country above a paycheck or above, uh, you know, taking a payoff. Um, Drop three was the first one where we heard about Uranium One. Uh, it was the first one that gave a suggestion that Mueller was possibly a white hat or a gray hat working with POTUS under the guise of a job interview. So remember, all the way back in the very beginning, he told us that POTUS had that meeting with Mueller for three or four hours, you know, right after he took office. 
But also in his drop, he noted, hey, they said it was for the FBI director position, but he had already served his, his legal term limit. So they had a meeting interviewing Mueller for the FBI, director of FBI job, but he had no legal authority to be in that position. So just think about it. Anytime you see these theories about Mueller being a white hat or a gray hat, just remember, they spent a lot of time together before this all started under what we know is a false uh, false premise. So there's some reason that Mueller and POTUS spent four hours together at the very beginning that we don't really know. So just keep that, keep that under your hat. Um, and again, uh, Q again made, mentioned Huma. So again, not capitalized. Remember, Huma is the uh, Muslim, the Harvard University Muslim Association. When it's all capitalized, this was under. This was uh, not capitalized. Lowercase. It was Huma the name. Um, also mentioned operating Operation Mockingbird again, and mentioned for the first time that many people in our government worship Satan. So that was the first time that came up. But it's not. It makes a regular occurrence in, uh, in Q's drops. Uh, drop four, POTUS, POTUS was 100% insulated, that he is not a target, and that anybody who says he's a target of any intelligence operation is lying to you. Um, and that he, he said he won't be speaking about any of this directly for optics. So it said he won't be talking about foreign leaders regarding all the arrests that are come, and he won't be talking about it directly in, to preserve optics. This is also where Q began explaining what POTUS was doing, surrounding himself with generals and showing their direct threats to our nation, giving him full control. Again, President of the United States has full authority to do anything he wants in terms of national defense, if there is national threat. This drop, I totally forgot about that, completely outlined that that's what he's doing. He again mentioned Operation Mockingbird, so that's three times in the first four drops, and tells us that patriots are, control, are in control, so sit back and enjoy the show. And I love seeing that one. Pop some popcorn. Enjoy the show. I guess. <laughs> Drop five told us to follow the money. And it let us know that Q team definitely has been following the money because he told us about all the little specific money trails that they've been following with um, slush funds and Soros and some other things. Um, and he mentions Pelosi and specifically her net worth and fake memory lapses. So remember, reconcile. How does a civil servant become a multi-decamillionaire on a civil servant salary? civil servant salary. This is the first time he mentioned Pelosi by name and asked you to reconcile how does she have so much money and why is she faking her memory losses? He also calls out no name. But if you guys remember, no name wasn't always no name. So in drop number five, no name was actually, was called John M. But he called out John M saying that a surgery was just another cover. So John M surgery was another cover to not, you know, to if he got in trouble to basically have an out. Pelosi was faking memory lapses so she could say she was mentally unstable to fit to stand trial. But this direction, they thought this was going to happen a year ago. Notice around midterms, campaigning and election, her memory seems to be just fine now, doesn't it? So I That's think something that, I haven't even thought about. Yeah, that, I, me too. Totally gone, man. Totally gone. But sneaky fucking <laughs> sneaky lady. And that's uh, right. It, uh, bait expands ammunition. Yeah. So many other things. And just imagine Pelosi, how many other things her mind has been on. It looks like she totally forgot to act like she's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> she's crazy enough to begin with, but she forgot to, to keep the guys up. So now they can totally, uh, she's got nothing. She's got nothing. Um, 
This was also the first time Q mentioned MS-13 and asked us why their prior, uh, priority, and he was insinuating that they're, they're paid hitmen for nefarious individuals. Didn't say specifically who, but he was asking in his Socratic method, asking why would they be a priority? Would it be a possibility that they could be used to knock off targets or, or whichever the, the specific nomenclature he used? But it's the first time that he mentioned MS-13 and insinuated this idea that they're possibly um, paid hitmen. Um, now, there's one last thing. Uh, do you want to get, so we're talking about future proofs past. Do you want to tell people where to go or mention anything else about the Mark Taylor prophecies? Because that's something that it just blew my mind. And I just, I've been looking into it. Uh, I just can't. I can't put it into the best words. Do you want to? Yeah, I, I think uh, I think uh, I'll, I'll touch on it and just kind of give a broad overview. But going diving deeper into that one would would require some uh, some additional time, and I, I don't think our brains are going to be capable of going down that rabbit hole right now. Cover it, yeah, we'll cover it. Yeah, I'll make a note. Of it. Uh, so um, there was uh, there was I remember hearing seeing seeing articles or something social media whatever about a about a prophecy predicting that Trump would win written years ago, uh, would become the next president. And when I read it, I, I, whatever, it's just another, another prophecy that would be like, you know, a couple sentences or whatever say, yeah, Trump's going to be the president. Like, I, I'm not interested in that. It sounds boring. So after he got elected, I, I heard about it again and I decided, all right, I'll go take a look. And, when I read the the first prophecy, he wrote I don't know how many he he wrote a number of them, but the first prophecy was basically predicting that Donald Trump would become the next president, and this was written back in 2011 2012 time frame. And um, before he even announced his campaign, yeah, 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 yeah. and um, you know the just reading the language of it. You know, I, I'm I'm a, I'm myself a Christian. I believe in God, and reading the language of it, um, I've I've written enough to where I can recognize my own language, my own writing, and in reading in reading that prophecy, um, I, it felt like I was reading uh, Old Testament stuff, but in English translated directly into you know there's no like multiple translation hops it's it's english coming from directly the spirit so it had it had the ring to it and you know i guess maybe it's confirmation bias or it could be confirmation bias but there are specific items mentioned in there and it's very it's very similar to q in a way um there's specific items that are mentioned in there that uh it it resonates it resonates in the spirit but it also resonates in reality and you can see some of this stuff start to play out um yeah i i would i would recommend everyone to at least take a look at it and listening to uh to some of mark taylor's interviews the first thing that i noticed was he he sounds like a team guy he's he's very laid very laid back very uh unassuming um, very direct. He doesn't, he doesn't sound like some charlatan you'd hear telling everyone that he's a prophet. He sounds right. like a dude that was gifted slash cursed with this, this, uh, this, this gift and a burden that he's, you know, putting himself out in the wild and, and doing what he's told. And, um, it's, uh, 
it was I I found I found it in 2017, early 2017. And so, you know, that was eight, nine, ten months prior to anything coming out about QAnon. And uh, it's been interesting to watch the the overlaps. And um, Mark Taylor actually mentioned it himself a few times is that, you know, he, seeing some of the overlaps coming out with what the prophecies that he's written and some of the things that Q's been putting out is what convinced him that Q is a legitimate entity that has inside access. So, um, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things that it's an, another indicator for me. Uh, it requires some faith. It requires a uh, belief in God to believe that there's there's something bigger going on in the heavens. The battle the battle is being waged that we can't see, um, but you know you can feel it if you're if you're attuned to the right things. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree, and that's I think that's about as good as a, as a good as a spot we can end up. We'll, <laughs> I think we'll cover that again. I mean, it's a good topic. Yeah. That's there are so many places to go into that. It's awesome. Um, but for everybody that's still here, I want to say thank you very much for joining us again. We had planned to go for about thirty minutes. Hours. <laughs> um, I think we're going to start doing this in the morning, uh, recording in the morning instead of the afternoon. But I just instead of the evening. But tonight we both had this window right now that we could do. Um, I've got to be. I will be unavailable for about a week. But the next week we're going to start again. And I think Wiggins and I both talked. I think we're going to both we're going to start working on multiple ones of these a week so that we can focus on past drops, what's going on, but also geopolitics. What else is going on in the world? What else that we should uh, should be focused on? Uh, so those of you that are still with us, thank you for being with us. Thank you for joining us. Go check out Mark Taylor Prophecies. Also, General Flynn, by Field of Fight, by Field of Fight, by Field of Fight, by the audiobook on Audible and give that patriot some more money. Um, read the article. Uh, what if Q, QAnon, and the Great Awakening are real? Just because it helps with these references to this, it just helps without me having to go explain for a half hour it helps it's kind of like a primer right it was built to be a red pillar or a primer so it really helps kind of it helps get you there so we're all on that same page and i know wiggins and i are on the same page but you know we we got to make sure that we're all here on the same level so that we're not saying something's going over your head um so those of you that are here you're in the fight thank you for joining us thank you for for being a patriot for um fighting your country for your country remember where we go one we go all uh, so we'll see you next time. I'm Robert Patrick Lewis, and he's with us. Yep, have a good night. <laughs> he can't see him raise his hand, but I'm <laughs> <laughs> We'll see you guys later.